Good morning, everybody. On October 13th, 2022, my name is Larry Jacob. Appreciate 12 Education Talk Radio, and today we're heading down to Boone, North Carolina, from Maine, where I am today, okay, where I usually am. All right, we're going to talk to Lillian Nave, and I want to thank my friends at Text Help, okay, for setting up this show. They're, they're so involved in universal design for learning, and that's what we're going to be talking about today with Lillian. Lillian is a senior lecturer in the first year seminar and the Universal Design for Learning, as well as being the Universal Design for Learning Coordinator, plus, and I'm going to ask you about this, the vital faculty coordinator for the Center for Academic Excellence at Appalachian State in Boone, North Carolina, which I always thought was in Kentucky. I just learned that today, that Appalachian is in Boone, North Carolina. So thank you for that, Lillian, before we even get started. She also hosts, and we'll talk about this, her own podcast, and that's called Think UDL. It's a very nice podcast. I listened to some of it, and you can just Google that, Think UDL, Universal Design for Learning. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. That's where we do everything, okay? Archive our podcasts, have our magazine, our teacher retention website, our SEL website, all kinds of stuff over there. We're all about equity, the American Consortium for Equity in Education, home website at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, okay, we hope to go over there and check out what we do. It's spinning, and there's Lillian in Boone, as much to my surprise, Boone, North Carolina. Is that where you are today, Lillian? <laughs> I, I live just outside Boone, so a little bit south in a little town called Lenore. We're down the mountain. It's about 10 minutes warmer and not as much snow as in Boone. But, yes, I can meet oh. up to school. Help me out. Any L-E-N-O-Y-O-R? Is that Lenore I'm thinking of? Yes. Yeah, Lenore. Named after an uh, American Revolutionary War general, William Lenore. <laughs> you, are, you are giving me all kinds of facts today. And so help me. I, I certainly know Appalachian State, okay? But I did not know it was in Boone, North Carolina. I thought it was in Kentucky. Okay? There you go. Thank yeah. you. Well, you learn okay. something new every day, and I appreciate new. that you pronounced it, yeah, correctly. Go ahead. What? I, I appreciate you pronounced it uh, correctly. In this part of the Appalachian Mountains, we call it Appalachian, not Appalachian. Well, there is a funny story with that. You know, when I'm when I'm here in Maine, and we we live in Maine, Mount Katahdin, okay, is the north yes. end of what we say is the Appalachian Trail. Okay, yep. but, but in doing podcasts over the years with folks down there and mentioning Appalachia, and they're going, what are you talking about? And they all say it's Appalachia. <laughs> yep. Okay, so I learned it's Appalachian State. So that's the correct pronunciation, and you're welcome. I'm glad I learned that. Okay, yep. there you go, Appalachian. Not up here. Yep. Okay, the north end is Appalachian. What can I tell you? Yep. Okay. Yep. Are you, from, are you from up here, or are you from down south? Um, I'm uh, kind of from all over. I was born in South Carolina, but I lived in Minnesota and grew up most of my life in Florida. Very, very flat. But oh, then wow. I lived for 12 years in New York and Massachusetts before there I you came go. back here. To so you know the Appalachian Appalachian. You know that. You know I that. do. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show, mm-hmm. Lily. It's a pleasure to have you here today. And the other thing I need to ask you, when I tried to look this up, <laughs> yeah. you are the vital 
capital V-I-T-A-L, which I assume is an acronym. Yes. Vital it is. Faculty Coordinator. I got two kind of definitions of that. One of it was for professional development, the way I read it. The other one had to do with veterans. And I wasn't sure. What, what is that? is a acronym I picked up from a Mass Educators Forum. Um, and it is an acronym for faculty development. And I work with our faculty at Appalachian State who are not tenure track. And previously, we were just called NTTs as opposed to TT, which is tenure track. And I always thought that, and I am a non-tenure track employee. As a senior lecturer, I'm not an assistant or associate or full professor. And so uh, VITAL stands for anyone who has in their uh, title at the university visiting um, before anything. So they're part-time or they're temporary visiting or instructor. That's the I. T is for temporary. A is for adjunct, which we have a lot of. Wow. And L is for lect lecturer. So um, I've seen it where the T also can stand for TA or teaching assistant. Uh, which happens at pretty large universities, and we're kind of a medium-sized right. one, so we have many more temporary faculty, not as many TAs, graduate TAs. We don't have that many. So uh, that's what VITAL is, and I am their champion. I am uh, the kind of social organizer, uh, and I want to make sure that our non-tenure track faculty know they are vital to the operation of the university. They really are. I was just going to say that exact same thing. More and more universities are more and more dependent, okay, on non-tenure track mm -hmm. educators, okay, which yeah. I know is is important to get them on staff to get their knowledge and expertise, but it's not good the way they're not tenure track and their jobs can be jeopardized at any time. You know what I mean? It's, it's that kind of a thing. I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, the, the, what can I tell you? These are these are good quality educators, okay, who yes. aren't treated the same way like it used to be where all, all professors smoked pipes and had short hair and sat with German yes. shepherds or Irish setters around their fireplace chit-chatting, okay? It's, you know, what can I tell you? Thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. Okay, let's get into this. And again, my friends at texthelp.com set this all up. They're good friends, great company. Check it out, everybody, and you'll see why in just a second. How do you know them, Lou? Um, they have hopped on to be a sponsor of my podcast after oh. my, the grant that Hello. began the podcast ran its course. So they're now my yeah. sponsor that helps that they do the production. It's a company with a good heart. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Everybody. Okay. Yeah. Their, their, their products are great and they have a good heart and they, and that's the kind of thing they do. They stand behind with, with, with sincerity. Okay, what they're trying to get into classrooms and, and help people across the country. It's a very nice thing to know. Okay, uh, I'm going to let you start here. And I think, the, uh, well, I'll start, but I wouldn't you take it anywhere you want to go. I, I think we need to, to define, in your definition, because you seem to be an expert, and I'll talk, ask you how you became an expert in it, in universal design for learning. Okay, and the way I would describe it is it's trying to make learning accessible to everyone. Okay, no matter how they learn, we're going to make it accessible. And I'm sure you're going to get into this. It usually impacts everybody in the end. Okay, it makes for a better place for everybody. But, okay, that's my definition. You're on. Lillian Nave, everybody. Great. Yeah, right. I would say you are one-third of the way there with the accessible part. Um, and I'm going to flesh that out. And that's say better, EDL that's is better than I did on my SAT, so I thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
UDL is a framework for designing equitable learning environments that not only acknowledges that every human being, every learner is unique with their own unique set of skills, and I would call it a jagged learning profile. That means they're, uh, they have differences in their working memory, um, in their retention, and a whole bunch of other things. Um, but so it not only acknowledges that difference, um, but leverages those differences for the betterment of all um, exactly. and design, designs for that difference. And um, it's based on three um, different areas or principles, um, and that's multiple means of representation. And that's where that accessibility part comes in, making sure that everyone has equal opportunity to get at the resources and materials that um, there aren't any roadblocks in the way. Um, and multiple means of engagement. Um, and that is a, one I focus on a lot, which is how we recruit interest. We bring students into learning. Um, we help them persist and continue to become expert learners um, and help them to um, kind of self-regulate as they learn. And then the third part, so we have multiple means of representation, multiple means of engagement, and finally, multiple means of action and expression. Um, and that means how do the students express what they know? Some people might call it assessment, uh, like tests and things like that. Um, but it's how do we design a learning environment where students have multiple ways to demonstrate what they know. So if you combine all three of those, it's like a three-legged stool. You take one away and the stool doesn't stay up anymore. Uh, so if you have all three, those um, help to create framework, um, or oftentimes I use the word lens, through which we can design um, equitable learning environments. And the Universal Design for Learning Guidelines were created by CAST um, outside of uh, Harvard, Cambridge, Massachusetts, cast.org, and they put together um, these guidelines that are based on research and neuroscience and how humans learn um, that kind of gives us a really detailed look at those three different areas to how to create these equitable learning environments. And when you then thank you, there was, that was a great definition <laughs> in the whole the whole sphere. Okay, and I got it. So who when you're teaching, okay, down at Appalachia, okay, when you're teaching, who are you teaching this to? Who's, who's sitting in your classroom and wants to learn about this? Or who do you want to learn well, about this? I, I don't actually teach a course in universal design for learning for my students, well, you know but I, I mean. use yes. universal. Yes. Yeah, I use who's the audience? Design for learning. Any way you want to say it, who's the audience? Yeah. Who needs um, to know? So it's more of a how, right? Um, how, yeah. how to use this. Um, and so my students are very much impacted because um, they are, they are very, there are fewer barriers that they, they have in um, learning the materials and expressing what they know. And I work with our faculty to help them to design their courses, mm -hmm. um, at, whether it's in person or online, um, that help them to create um, better learning environments and really get more clear on their goals um, to know what they really want from their students and then design accordingly. Um, so there, we, we do a lot of workshops and, and lately, as of, you know, 2020, we've held three, four iterations of what we call the Online Teaching Excellence Institute, where well, we've got hundreds of faculty, yeah, to go through 
um, how to redesign a course um, that needs to be hybrid or online, um, and what to do um, on that. And I've gone to our departments yeah. and talked to our faculty there and kind of introduced the concept of UDL as well. And, you know, you just mentioned something very important which hadn't crossed my mind, and that, of course, is with remote learning. That was a real challenge yeah. for students to learn. It was a challenge for teachers to teach. But as I always say, if, if the kids aren't learning, you're not teaching, okay? So yeah. we have to design for learning. And, you know, mm -hmm. that was a real, you know, even, even a kid who, uh, you know, has no challenges whatsoever had problems mm -hmm. learning during yeah. the pandemic because it's not the way mm -hmm. we've been conditioned to learn, if I may. Okay, True. so that's really interesting yeah. how that picked up. Okay, oh, I, I didn't thought about that, but that's really, really interesting. Okay, I got to tell you. So when you go in, and let's just take a typical faculty member, all right? Well, mm -hmm. well how do they, I'm curious about this, because how do they know what the kids need? We're asking them to design a, a universal design for learning in their classroom. Okay, obviously there's one or two or more kids I say kids, students who have a uh, who have a challenge. They've seen a challenge, but how do they know mm -hmm. what the kids need? Is it, is it you set? I'll just go with that. And you answer. Please answer that. Just like that. Well, uh, we, we can't know everything. Yeah, we we can't know, and, and I don't say that we have to know um, what every particular student's need is. How uh, because that would be more like accommodations or differentiated instruction. Um, and universal design for learning is different than that where it's a reactive um, design or it's a cause and effect. Oh. So I have a student who's dyslexic, so I need to provide this one-off change for this one student. Universal design for learning is um, a proactive design strategy that says I'm going to have different learners, and so I need to provide oh, wow. options okay. and choices universal. for my That's students. That's the term universal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people, I, I've gotten this criticism before or a misunderstanding. Like, it, some people think it's like the universal design is like a universal demote, the remote, like for a TV, like there's one that fits everything, and that's exactly the opposite. Um, it's, um, it's like having a universally designed architecture or building, which means you and your friend who's pushing a stroller and another one who's got four boxes in their hands can all get through the door because it automatically opens for you. Um, one of you know, one of you may need it at that time, um, and some of you may not. But it helps everybody at the same time. So you're, you're um, really good at explaining this. I got to tell you, this is great, Lillian. <laughs> I mean, you're really spot on with explaining this because I thought I understood all this, but I really haven't taken a deep dive into it. For goodness sakes, it's really something. Yeah. So when you, I have to say this, and a lot of college professors okay, are not mm -hmm. trained with pedagogy. They're trained in their no, subject. No, they are not. Take chemistry, mm -hmm. okay? They're, they're excellent in chemistry, yep. but they may not be the greatest uh, lecturer in the world or professor or teacher, mm -hmm. whatever, you know what I'm saying, okay? Not a, not a derogatory do. comment, okay? I'm just, yep. that's just kind of the way it is. So Professor Johnson, okay, who mm -hmm. teaches chemistry, okay, how do you approach Professor Johnson? Okay, or a K-12 yeah. teacher, how, would, how do you approach the teacher and say, okay, you're teaching chemistry, okay? Uh, you, to, yeah. What now? You've got you to make, got to accommodate everybody, so to speak, okay? Right. Now what? 
Yeah. Now, now what? Now so, what? Lecture, senior lecturer name. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I would ask that I would ask my colleague, Dr. Professor Johnson, um, if she's interested in making sure that everybody can access the textbook, or 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 would Professor Johnson like to keep the textbook to herself and not allow the students to see it? And I would imagine that the answer is. Yes, I want them to have access to these resources. And so Universal Design for Learning is a way to make sure that that textbook gets into the hands of the students and that the professor is not putting up a barrier, taking it away, closing it on their desk, and pulling it away from them. In essence, that's a metaphor. So um, I would ask um, if they're interested in making sure that everybody in the class have, has access to the learning in the class. And so Universal Design for Learning would, through that lens, you'd say, all right, well, let's make all of our resources accessible, meaning um, here, not here. just a, a textbook, yeah, but have it online um, so that a student could listen to the textbook that has alt text uh, for all of its images so we can understand what those very complicated um, diagrams mean um, and have multiple ways for students to access it. That means that they're, uh, what happens if a student is sick do we want our students who tested COVID positive to show up to the lecture that day? No, we don't. We don't want that. And so we want that student to be able to stay home that day, but yep. should that student be penalized because they didn't make it to the lecture? Absolutely not. So have your slides available for later use, have a recording of the lecture, have notes for students to catch up um, so that they're not penalized for something that's outside or beyond their control. Uh, and then if we look on the um, assessment side or action and expression, do we want to penalize those students who may not be able to uh, fill in a bubble? Let me just give that a, 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 a shout out, the bubble test. Or if you are of my generation, a blue book, which by the end of any exam, I had a We are in the same generation. We are, in, are they, are they done? Are blue books done? Wait a minute. Are blue books done? Are blue books I, done? I, I as recently as five years ago, so I'd say they're still around yeah. somewhere. Um, yeah, and you know they had the nerve to actually they, charge you a nickel for a blue book. That was the worst yeah. part. They had, they had some nerve, exactly. is all I can tell you. But we'll just move on from there. Thank yeah. you, Ben, Lily. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well, um, I'm going to ask you something. All of this, this is, sure. this is going to be kind of a half funny question, okay? Yeah. But it, you, I, I always call it quote the teacher eye roll, okay? When you, mm -hmm. you go in and you, yeah. you, 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 what you're saying is something we all intrinsically want to do, okay? But it's yeah. a lot of work and accommodating, quote, if I may, everybody, it, a lot of people just don't, quote, have the time for that or the patience or however yeah. you want to say it or don't even understand it. So when you're talking about this, how's the, te the old, oh, here we go, what's this lady talking about? How's the teacher eye roll, the professorial eye roll working with all this? How's that? Right. There's resistance, but I would ask, what is going to be easier for you? What, uh, because UDL makes my life easier, um, my teaching life easier. Uh, is it going to be easier that. for you to meet that, to meet the, you've got 100 people in your chemistry lecture. Maybe you have 30 people in your chemistry lecture. Five of them have COVID. Um, or five of them are sick, or one had a funeral, somebody's grandmother died. You know, these are all reasons that a student might miss a class, right? 
Um, and so is it easier for you to meet and set up an email and have a Zoom or office hours to meet with that student about what they missed because they're a good conscientious student and they need to uh, find out because of no fault of their own, they weren't able to be in class. And then therefore you could go over what they missed and make sure, you know, that's what your office hours are for. Or what if you had a recorded lecture and all five of them or 30 of them or however missed, however many missed, could access the slides in the lecture at their convenience in their own time and you haven't had to meet with mm -hmm. five to 30 students missed? What's easier for you? Pressing record. What, what's their answer uh, to that? What's their answer to that? And it seems to me pretty obvious. What's, what's their answer? Yes, How they do they are, react they have, to that? They get it? They haven't thought of that before. Um, and so they, they hadn't thought of it before. And so I have to explain that kind of five minutes of uh, preparation can save you five hours of accommodation. Wow. Yeah, I just made that up. Wow. <laughs> wow. So let me, let me throw it the other way. You have your podcast. You have your podcast, everybody. And just Google yeah. it. It's simple. It's Think UDL. Again, Universal Design for Learning, but Think UDL. Okay. Who do you find yeah. listens to your podcast? Or maybe you don't um, know. But I'm, I'm, who of... are you aiming it to? Maybe I should say it that way. Whoever you want to answer yeah. that. I'm, I'm curious about it. I hope yeah, the right people are listening. Yeah. Groups, um, faculty. So uh, regular old professors, whether they're vital or tenure track. Uh, so just folks who are interested in teaching and learning. And also um, the folks who work as faculty developers. So the, the people like me on campus who um, help their uh, fellow faculty in how to teach better or encourage that. And um, also administrators, um, how to be more accessible, um, how mm -hmm. to create a better learning environment on campus. And then I also focus on workforce readiness too. So, all right, we've gotten students um, in college, but what do we do when they graduate? And how can we um, wow. make sure that wow, there are great. equitable office that's great. as well? How's that yeah. working so out? There, do, do, people, do people listen uh, at that end? I hope so. That's important. Yes, I, and, and I have a big focus on neurodiversity as well and, and yeah. kind of educating uh, the public on, on neurodiversity and, yeah. and making that as a kind of a big push also in our workforce. And we're, we're really missing out when we yeah. exclude yeah. about 20% of our population who um, is right. somewhat, we call it disabled. Yeah. Hardly disabled. And, and just, physical just challenged or, in some way. And they usually mm -hmm. do better than us. I, I noticed yeah. when you last, I think it was your last podcast, you had a lady who teaches at Landmark College. Okay, and I work with them pretty closely. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Landmark up in Putney, Vermont. They also have a unit out in California, but they're in Putney. And um, you know, the whole their whole world is neurodiversity. And the point is that, yeah. that that's all this is. It's just people. They they they're, they're smart people. They just learn differently, and that's really all yeah. we're talking about is people who learn differently, but they're still learning. All right, and it's our responsibility yeah. as educators to teach them. And that's why that's why this is so darn important, okay? To really think yeah. about it, and then and then usually, and I know with the example, so I'll just say it. You know, a lot of these things develop as something that we want to help someone who quote has a handicap, i.e., cuts yeah. in the curb for wheelchairs, okay? Yeah. And anybody who's ever rolled a, a suitcase out of an airport knows that that's not for wheelchairs anymore, okay? And it's mm -hmm. for strollers and. Anything else you might need, okay? Of course, you can and, and walkers, but it's easier to, to do it that way. Okay, so that's the classic mm -hmm. example 
okay, of something that made it easier for everybody. And actually, this stuff does make it easier for everybody. Okay, so including the teacher, including the teacher, and I'm, I'm going to. So where are we now on UDL? Okay, I'll use the old quote. That's the funny quote with the guy at the patent office in 1905 said, "Everything that can be invented has been has been invented." That's what he said yeah. in 1905. Okay, it's a famous quote. Yeah. So uh, with UDL, we're we're smart people now. We're, we're somewhat evolved beyond the apes. Have we? Uh, are we, has everything that we need been invented? What's the next? Where, where do you see all this going? Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, you know, I uh, the reason I have the podcast um, is because I wanted to raise the chatter in the higher ed space and beyond because UDL actually has yeah. caught on much more in the K-12 space. And I have a, a wonderful colleague, Louie Lord Nelson, who does a, a podcast on K-12 called UDL in 15 Minutes, and she interviews educators around the world. And then my podcast, in fact, we started the exact same month, not knowing each other at all. Um, and <laughs> Wait, his name is Louis Lord funny? Nelson? Like Louis Louis, Nelson? Yeah, L-O-U-I Lord Nelson. And it's UDL in 15 minutes. She'd be a great person to interview as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's great. That's great. Thank you. On, on K-12. Um, and mine's on higher ed. And um, K-12 has really embraced this because they really do see the diversity of students. Um, and I yeah. would say that the barrier in higher ed is we have an elitist tendency to lean on our traditions, and we haven't um, been um, able to open up as much to see the changing uh, student body um, as far as neurodiversity and disability and, um, and, and really diversity in general because cultural differences can also be um, can be met with um, proactive design yes. using universal yes. design for learning is a culturally responsive thing as well. So you're, we you're are slowly, say, slowly moving um, towards a more universally designed for learning um, higher ed space, but it's going to take a long, it's going to take a long time. It, we have a lot of, I affectionately call them dinosaurs, which is that uh, professor <laughs> smoking the pipe yeah. in the tweed jacket with the elbow pads yeah. there. Yeah, it was good yeah. enough for me. It should be good enough for my students. But um, that's when a very privileged few used to go to higher ed. And we have a yeah. very large uh, part of our exactly. world that should and does go to higher ed now. And so we need to be teaching the students that are actually in the classrooms, not the students we wish we had in the classroom. Well said. Okay. Look, look mm -hmm. do uh, our teachers... Who, I'm going to say this right. Who's developing these, I'll call them products and services. Who's developing the UDL products and services uh, in, 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 I'm going to ask them K-12. And I have to ask this, are teachers, educators being trained, okay, in UDL at all? Even the idea of UDL, okay? And I'll give you a good uh, basic example, uh, yours truly. Who, when I went to teachers' education many, many years ago, nothing else came up besides social studies, which is what I taught. Okay, that was that and a couple crummy classes in education that were useless. All right, it just there was nothing about how really a school operates. All right, and yeah. uh, one of the things we look at these days very carefully is so, what we call social emotional learning. Okay, and we're yeah. asking teachers all over the country to teach social emotional learning, life skills, whatever they want to call it, 
yet we give them absolutely no training whatsoever. I think there's one course in the whole country at an undergraduate level. Okay? So yeah. now we're saying UDL. Let's think about this, educators. But it winds up being something you learn. Sadly, it's something you learn later as opposed to going through mm-hmm. as part of, the, you know, your undergraduate education and education. Okay? Well, what's the status of that right now? That was the long way to ask that question, but you, you get it. Um, it's, it's gaining, it is gaining. And I hear it a lot more in teacher education that there is a Good. focus on universal learning. I've given guest lectures and in, in kind of teacher education programs. I have a lot of colleagues Good. who are in teacher education programs. So yes, um, it is, it's, um, certainly being added to the curriculum. Um, it's not universal, but it has been added <laughs> to the curriculum in, no in that intended, space, yeah. but yes, exactly. But, um, like you said at the beginning of this program, um, university professors get almost zero training in how to teach their subject. Um, and so that yeah. is severely lacking. And so yeah. there are positions across the country that are like mine, a UDL coordinator for the campus that helps professors mm-hmm. to learn about this, to better serve their students. But it is, um, we have a long way to go. We are in a, a, a minority for sure. Yeah, and I got to ask Lil. This is going to be a funny question, but what are you? What, what's your background that brought you to UDL and gave you the ability to teach? I'm sure you have it. You know what I mean? To 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 teach UDL to professors and and, and work at school, etc. What's your background with all this? Right. Yeah. So there's no uh, PhD in UDL or anything like that. No, there is not. Um, it wasn't really. Thing. However, no, we could uh, start one at the University of Larry if you want. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's uh, now people are getting, you know, uh, PhDs kind of and EDDs and curriculum instruction that kind of focus on, on this, but it's very recent. Um, and we need more. We need more research. Let's keep doing it. We so do. my background is actually in art history. I'm an art historian. Um, I taught yeah. art history for 15 years or so. And then I started teaching this interdisciplinary class, which is in first-year seminar, where you have to kind of blend several different um, areas. So mine was a lot of art, religion, politics, things like that. Um, and now I teach a lot about cultural, uh, intercultural competency and things like that. Um, and oh. so I, I had worked in the faculty development space, uh, where I was encouraging and helping uh, professors redesign things, talk about assessments. And um, we got a grant from College Star, which um, was called Supporting Transition Access and Retention. Um, Thank that, you for another acronym. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, All education. Yes. Thank you. Um, that started us on, on helping our students um, with universal design for learning. That's how I learned about it. And wow. I have to say, dubbed into that is I have three children three very different children, um, and um, that neurodiversity played into it. So I knew I, I could not parent all three children the same way. They are different. Uh, and that life experience um, had also helped me to understand how different my students are. Not everybody learns like I do. For, um, so wow. not every student yeah, is, is going to be like me. Um, and I had been teaching to the me's. And, and I, I'll tell you, I had a bias, and I think all of us do when we start, um, that if they weren't like us as a student, we design our courses against those students who weren't like us. So uh, we need to think about that variety and um, open the doors for them. 
Absolutely. And that's a, you have an amazing and interesting background, i got to tell you. And you're probably a darn mm-hmm. good mom, okay? i got to tell you that, too. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I do this love is my amazing. kids. By the, They're good people. <laughs> I'm sure I bet they are. And but thank you for that STAR acronym. We were, we were, we were yeah. I think in, 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 that might be the millionth acronym. I'll check. You might, be, so, you might get a $10 yeah. prize. Yeah, it, it never ends, okay? This is just, I mean, it's so good to know you. Lillian, okay, we got to go, but uh, let's stay in touch with this. And I'm going to ask you, I'll send you, of course, a link to this show, but I want to meet Louis Lord Nelson, okay? Yeah. The Battle of Trafalgar, mm-hmm. is that, it must be a different Lord Nelson. Uh, yeah, different, yes, a different one. Okay, <laughs> I, I had a feeling, yeah. okay, it's not the one Trafalgar Square and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I do with him, it's a, it's a she, Louis, or a he? Yes. Yes, yeah, and she she um, is she. in this in the K twelve space and does a fantastic job. Actually, worldwide, she does lots of uh, work with um, educators all over the world and working with wow. governments and includes universal design for learning in that K twelve space. Well, you will hear from me, and we'll, we'll get that connection. And and, and senior lecturer and extremely vital faculty coordinator <laughs> yeah. Lillian Dave. With the podcast is called Think UDL, and it. Just Google it, everybody. It's great stuff. Lillian, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, are you kidding? You're welcome here anytime. Thank you so much. And enjoy North Carolina's nice warm. Oh, no, you get snow up in the mountains. Never mind. I take that back. Yeah. You'll get snow. Yeah. Okay. Have fun. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Everybody, Lillian Nave. Okay, down at Appalachian State. Okay, and much to my surprise, in Boone, North Carolina, I thought it was a Kentucky. What can I tell you? All right? All right, we're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. Ace-ed.org. This is important stuff, all right? And uh, I'll tell you, text help. Thank you. You can you, know your product's great. you got your heart in the right place, too. That's all I can tell you. All right? I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Everything we do is over at ace-ed.org where we'll archive this podcast. Thanks for listening.